day five together, our last day of looking through 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 28 to 33 today. I have a feeling this is one of those weeks that some of you may want to listen through again. You're going through a struggle, a difficult time in a relationship. It's hard to catch on to all of this at once. And you might want to just listen through again, asking God to speak to you through his word. What should I do? What decisions should I make? What direction should I take? God, would you show me? We've been talking about Paul's so-called credentials these last few days. He talked about some of the suffering that he faced. There is a final one. It would seem that the list that we had yesterday was more than enough, but there is a final one that he talks about in verses 28 and 29. He says, then besides all this that we talked about yesterday, besides all this, I have the daily burden of how the churches are getting along. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? Paul talks about the suffering of this concern that he had for all the churches. When someone was weak in their faith, he felt it. When someone was led astray from their faith, he felt it. He felt it in concern for the person who was being led astray, but here he talks about anger for the person who led them astray. But then Paul says, then to this list of all these credentials, all the suffering that he had gone through because he was a servant, at the end of this list, Paul says the most amazing thing. What he says next is really at the heart of how a servant survives, even thrives in this world. Listen to verse 30. Paul says, if I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. Now we're going to take a closer look at this next week. It's so important. Chapter 12 has much to say about this, boasting in our weakness. But this week, we begin to take a look at this, Paul reminds us, we've been looking at boasting all through these chapters, Paul reminds us that you boast in the Lord, and when you boast in the Lord, you're able to boast in how weak you are. I don't have the strength to do this. I can't make this happen. Let's depend on him. One of the greatest things you can say, one of the greatest things that you can do to set a relationship right is to recognize your own weakness, not your own failings. You need to recognize those also. You need to recognize the places you've gone wrong, yes. But you also need to recognize your own weakness, your total inability to set the relationship right all by yourself. And anytime you can get two people to recognize that together, I have great hope for that relationship. Let's come together, sit down together and realize we can't make this right on our own. God, we need your strength to do what we can't do. There is so much we can do to make a relationship right. There's so many ways we need to try, little things we need to do, big things we need to do, that sometimes we get caught up in just doing those things, and we forget this. I'd rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. I can't do it without God's strength. I need God's strength in my life. Now, Paul, to show how serious he is about this, immediately gives him an example of boasting on his own weakness. He talks about an incident in his life right after he'd become a believer goes to Damascus. He gets a little bit discipled in the faith. He's going to go back to Jerusalem, but they hear, they hear in Damascus that there's this new believer, Paul, and actually the very people that were persecuting along with Paul to go and destroy the church in Damascus now want to persecute Paul, now want to kill him. So listen to what happened in verses 31 to 33. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is to be praised forever, knows that I tell the truth. When I was in Damascus, the governor under King Aretas kept guards at the city gates to catch me. But I was lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall, and that's how I got away. Now, Paul is saying, there was no miracle here. Look how weak I was. 
Peter one time was trapped in a prison and an angel came and opened the door and led him out and set him free. Paul was trapped in Damascus and they stuffed him in a basket and they lowered him to the ground. You know, you know how that works, lowering somebody to the ground. Oh, dropped him a little bit. Oh, he hit too hard. Some miracle, Paul says. Paul's just being honest about what happened here. Now, he doesn't mention the time that an angel caused an earthquake to set him free from a prison. He doesn't mention when that happened to Paul and Silas. Here he's talking about his weakness. And he's saying, it hasn't been all miracles for me. It hasn't been all, wow, look what a powerful person Paul is. We serve a powerful God, but I'm a weak person. We all have this treasure, Paul has said it earlier in 2 Corinthians, in clay pots. And he's just saying here, hey, I'm a clay pot. You wanna set a relationship right? Start being more vulnerable about your weaknesses. When relationships are going wrong, everyone gets protective and prideful. And actually, pride can cause you to become self-promoting or self-protective, depending on your personality. You become self-promoting, hey, look at me, or you become self-protective, I'm gonna hide out. Either way, it pushes you apart. Either way, it destroys a relationship. As you read through Paul's writings, he is honest about his weaknesses. You see him calling himself the least of the apostles. You see him calling himself, in other books, the greatest of sinners. You see him talking about his physical ailments. You see him talking about his spiritual struggles with despair. No wonder God used him in such a mighty way to lead so many to find a relationship with Jesus and to grow in that relationship with Jesus. And we're gonna talk about this next week, but this is number six, the sixth thing you do to set a relationship right. Be weak. Recognize you need God's strength. You can't do this on your strength. Depend on him individually, but then if there's any way you can sit down and depend on him together, that's how you set the relationship right. I wanna go through this list again, these six things that we've talked about this week. I know if you're going through a tough time in a relationship, this has probably been a tough week for you because it's scary to think about having to set it right trying to set it right, because you know it might not work. The other person has a choice, and they may not choose the right thing. They may not choose the godly thing, and it's scary to open yourself up to that. You've gotten to a more protected place, a safer place. How do you get to the place that God wants you to be? Do these six things that Paul talked about. Number one, be jealous. Just right now in your mind, think about the good in that relationship that was in the past, but also think about the good that could be in that relationship in the future, the ministry that you could do together, the family that you could raise together, the friendship that you could strengthen together, the advice that you could give to one of your children, the advice you could get from one of your parents. Think about the good that God wants to do and be jealous for that for just a moment. And then be afraid. Be afraid of the evil one and the fact that he is working to destroy that relationship. He wants to destroy your relationship with God in the midst of this, he wants to destroy your relationship with other people. Now, as we've said many times, you can't force the other person to choose, but there is one thing that you can be certain of. You can be certain of God's love for you, and you can continue to make every choice in light of that love. He will never fail you. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. You don't have to be afraid of losing his love. Be afraid of the evil one and his temptations. Be aware and afraid. Number three, be humble. No relationship ever changes except someone chooses to humble themselves. Jesus humbled himself for us. What's the humble choice that you need to make? I know you don't feel like being humble. I don't either in the midst of an argument or relationship. I feel like proving my point. I feel like being right 
can't tell you how many relationships have failed just because someone didn't have the strength to be humble enough to say, I admit I might be wrong here. Be humble and then be foolish. I, again, can't tell you how many relationships have failed just because two people are so self-protective, no one person can say, hey, is there a chance this could work again? Hey, is there a chance we could solve this? Be foolish. Be a servant. Now I say to you that whether that relationship comes back together or not, the choice is to be a servant no matter what. Even in an estranged relationship, you still continue to choose to be a servant because Jesus chose us to serve, to serve those who love us and who respond to us, but also to serve those who reject us. Love your enemies, even, Jesus said. Be a servant. And then number six, and we'll talk about this more next week, the power of where this comes from. Be weak. Be weak. Recognize the strength's not in you. The strength's in him. Our Father, if our relationship with you is going to be set right, it's only through your grace, only through your power, only what you did for us, and thank you for doing it. Thank you for being jealous for our relationship with you. Thank you for coming against Satan and humbling yourself, being willing to look foolish on a cross, serving us, Jesus, so that we could find your strength. And in your example, I pray we would find not only a relationship with you, but an example for our relationships. Lord, we need your strength to do these things. And we need to know, what's the first thing to do? What's the first prayer to pray? Would you show us through a friend? Would you show us through your word? And then, Lord, give us the faith to take that first step. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, next week, chapter 12, I consider to be one of the great chapters in all the Bible about how to live the Christian life. <music>